I was quite pleased that I had already uh, invited the imam to come speak before things went totally haywire in our land. Imam Orson Bilal Alameen grew up in Shreveport. He attended Grambling when it was a college. That was a minute ago. He served in the military for two and a half years and began studying Islam in 1973. Imam Alameen is recognized by several congregations in our city as a scholar of Quranic Arabic. They call on his expertise and value his uh, understanding. He's been an imam for 42 years. And he is a haji, which means that he has made his trip to Mecca, his pilgrimage to Mecca. He's spoken at many churches and many colleges, and we are honored to have him as our speaker this morning. Amen. Orson Bilal Alameen. God, most gracious, most merciful. We are eternally grateful and thankful to Almighty God for this occasion. We thank Reverend Gerald and you, the members of this wonderful congregation, this church. We always begin by saying as Jesus did whenever he went among the people, he said, peace be unto you. And as we would say in the religion of El-Islam, assalamu alaikum. We find those of the Jewish faith, they would say shalom. And in this world today, this is a time where we all are looking for peace. And I have been sitting back listening to your words and your order of service. And I was praying all of the time, knowing as I listened to you, I was actually listening to my notes. <laughs> and so I had to go back and make some corrections, or more so, some changes. The first change came about when I met Reverend Gerald, and we were speaking at Barnes and Nobles, and I was wondering about the time period that I would have to address you. And so when I asked her about the time, she said, well, about 15 minutes if you need more time. And I said, well, Maybe 20 minutes would be good. <laughs> as, uh, but as I said, I heard my notes. 
As I stand before you, I ask Almighty God that he let my entry and our entry be by the gate of truth and honor and our exit by the gate of truth and honor. That is to say, though we may come with different traditions, cultural customs, but as I was listening to come and go with me, hearing the words freedom and justice, and when I chose the title, a challenge for change in my discussion with Reverend Gerald. I said, I think this is a very good time that we live in. And possibly I'm going to say some things that might challenge you, as I often say things that challenge the members at Mass at Chakwa. And I find one of the most effective ways to assist us in our growth and development, it is for us as leaders, as teachers, to leave some room for the students. And I have been a practitioner of this faith of El Islam for quite a while. And I say to you, my earlier development in my religious life was that of Christianity. But we also say as Muslims, when you understand terminology, that a good Muslim is a good Christian, and a good Christian is a good Muslim. Oh, somebody's thinking. <laughs> the word Christ nature, the word Muslim nature, we say to you, it means the same thing. And Christ, Jesus, has said, I am you and you and me, and greater miracles ye would do if ye would but have faith. Our nation, our country, it appears to be in great turmoil. I'm going to read a few passages from the book that you have heard that is known as the Quran. And many might say, well, why is he reading that book? We read the Bible and other books. The Quran is not a book just for Muslims. It is a book that is for all of humanity. I would advise you, even in reading scripture, any scripture, don't go looking for anything other than truth. If you go with your mind, and if you believe that these are the words of God, read the Bible, the Torah, and we say the Bible, the angel, but nevertheless, whatever your book of preference, when you read it, believing it is God's word, then listen what God has to say. Listen to what God has to say. When we come together, are we coming in hopes of being a true slave servant of God? If your answer to that is yes, then know that we can only be God's slave. The first reading from Masurah, known as the family of Imran, which Mary, the mother of Jesus, was known to be a member of that family, and also Harun, or Aaron, as you know, 
the brother of Moses, was known to be a member of that family, that tradition, that order. And this order, the family of Imran, they are those who are known throughout history as protectors of the words of Almighty God. So the first ayat, you would say verse, the word ayat is used because it also means signs. And oftentimes we want signs. If you are married or you're thinking about getting married, you're looking for signs. You want to know, does he really love me? Has he got me a Valentine card yet? My birthday, Mr. Dada, he missed my birthday. What do you mean you forgot the anniversary? So you're looking for signs. So in your songs, this is going to sound very familiar. It says, let there arise out of you a band of people inviting to all that is good and journeying what is right and forbidding what is wrong. They are the ones to attain felicity. Be not like those who are divided among themselves and fall into disputation after receiving clear signs. For them is a dreadful penalty. Penalty, And we say, meaning surely Almighty God speaks the truth. No matter what your denomination might be, your religion might be, those words reach the heart. Out of that band, out of the group, as I heard the different groups and the activities that you were performing here, that's a band. Those are the workers. And God loves the workers, the people of faith. One other ayat, and then we will elaborate more on the challenge for change, the challenge for change. When we bind together looking for a change, and I said that these are very good times that we are in here in America. This verse again, verse or ayat 186, and it reads thus, ye shall certainly be tried and tested in your possessions and in your personal selves, and ye shall certainly hear much that will grieve you from those who receive the book before you and from those who worship many gods. But if ye persevere patiently and guard against evil, then that will be a determining factor in all affairs. Surely Almighty God speaks the truth. A challenge for change. Many people are very saddened at the state of our government. The believers, and I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to give you a very short verse of Quranic Arabic, and then I'll give you the English translation. If everyone would, would you say, Kat Aflaha? Kat Aflaha? Muhminun. Kat Aflaha? Muhminun. You are very trusting. <laughs> Very trusting. But what it means is, already the believer is victorious. Isn't that simple? This is what God says in his book, in his revelation. So if you are a believer, you have already won the war. And the believers are those who do not look for dominance. 
Anyone that says that they are Muslim and they seek to dominate others, they are not Muslim. That is not the teachings of the Quran. And it is not the teachings of the angels of the gospel of the Bible. It is not the teachings. It is not intended for us to be dominant over each other. Individually, our family members, our wives, our husbands, the neighborhood, the state, the country, and other countries and other nations. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. This sounds like someone that's full of love. That has made a decision in their heart. And the heart is mentioned in all scripture. And we are taught that Muhammad of 1400 years ago received a message on his heart. And Jesus often spoke of the heart. And he would often ask the question, who do you say I am? After you study scripture, after you read scripture, whatever book that you accept, after you hear a sermon or lecture or talk, and you're formulating ideas, you're listening to others, now what do you say? What are your intentions? Well, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt came up with an award in 1941. It was called the Four Freedoms Award. And the first was the freedom of speech. The second, the freedom of worship. The third, the freedom of want. And next, the freedom from fear. That's powerful. That's powerful. This word freedom, a wonderful word if you research the word. Freedom. Not free, freedom. There are those who say that the dome stands for authority. Being free. Some say, oh, I'm footloose and fancy free. <laughs> Meaning any, all, and everything goes. But in a civil, civilized society, a civic-minded society. We are those who bind together, who come together for the betterment of the whole. This challenge for change, this challenge for change pulls me out of my comfort zone. This challenge for change in the South, in Louisiana. If you say that you are a believer in Christ, and I love this statement I'm about to make. I use it all the time when people come in <laughs> and they ask me, say, well, what about, what about Jesus? Do you believe, do the Muslims believe in, in Jesus? I said, do you mean Jesus the man or Christ the consciousness? See, there you go again, you're thinking. <laughs> we have to think. I want to look at this nature that God has placed within me. Oh, let me get my watch. I want to look at this nature that God has placed in me. And when I speak of justice and I speak of equality, I believe, we believe that God has placed this inside of all of us. And as the youngsters say, we got it going on. Because God has blessed us intrinsically. So when we come and we look at this challenge and what is happening in our government, in our country, already you are victorious and in that you are not seeking to be dominant, but you are to be a worker. You are to be involved. You can't sit back and say, well, I'm just not going to participate in what's happening in my neighborhood. That doesn't get it. 
It calls for us, no matter what our religious preference is, is to come together, like-minded ideas, and to realize that my idea, my manner, my thinking, my perception might not be the best for the whole group. And because my idea isn't dominant or is accepted by others, I still should feel a part of the whole body. If I say I'm a member of the body Christ, my heart, my stomach, my lungs, my skeletal system, and don't be saying I'm little like a little skeleton, I am. But when you look at the system, we say the Rabbi Al-Alamin, the God of all of the systems of knowledge. When we look at this body that we have, this physical body, each has a role, the different parts, the different components. Just as each of us have a role. Each of us has a talent that you pull out of my notes. Each of us have a talent. We can contribute something to the whole body. If we want to see a change in America, a change in our society, we have to get involved. Scripture, God calls for us to speak out against injustice. In Al-Islam, there's a factor that we have. It says, if you see an evil, if you see a wrong, there are three ways that you can correct that wrong. The first, you should correct it physically if you can stop it. The next, you should stop by vocalizing, speaking against it. But the most weakest way is just to think in your mind and say, oh, that's a shame. And not do anything about it. Then there's another formula that we have. I have a problem with my sister. I have a problem with my brother. I have a problem with the pastor, with the MM, or whoever. It is incumbent upon us that we go to our brother or sister, whoever it is that's troubling us, go to them within three days and resolve that issue. Rather than to wait 25 years later, he stole my girlfriend. He stepped on my shoe. You know? I didn't like that sermon that she delivered. You know? Year before last. You remember. Now look at this, this, this gossip, this seed. And Jesus was known as the word. The word. And a word is a seed. And a word, just like a seed, it has to be planted and accepted in fertile soil. If you're not ready for it, if you are rejective of the truth and the truth speaks against you, then you have a problem already. You condemn yourself. You have put yourself in a vacuum to be pulled further and further away from the truth. We are taught to speak the truth, to uphold the truth even if it be against you, against us. This is a wonderful time that we not get caught up and be weak and forget the calling of our faith. What does my book say? What does God say? The believers are always those who are looking for a solution. And as you pray and as you knock on the door, God says he will open that door. But when you get inside, don't get there and just look around and don't do anything. Become a worker. Challenge for change. No prophet no righteous apostle has ever went without a challenge. No matter how much you say, I believe, I believe, I believe, that's not enough. 
You're going to be challenged. We're going to lose loved ones. We're going to lose family members. We might lose everything that we have in this material world. We might reflect on Job. How his wife told him, say, curse your God and die. You might run through situations like that. But look how God blessed Job with another family because of his faith. How far are you willing to go for your faith and what you believe in? How far are you willing to go for your neighbor? Jesus the Christ, Christ Jesus, he was challenged. He had a challenge with the shaitan, as they say in Islam. You say the devil. Some might say Beelzebub. That cook has a lot of names. But all of these names and all of his identities, there's something inside of you that speaks to you constantly. And they're saying now that the heart has a brain. And that the heart, it gives information to the brain. And the brain is really like a computer. So if your heart is wrong, if your heart is impure, you're giving the computer some mixed up reading. And if your brain, if you are not studying the word constantly, praying and working and being loving, you're going to miss the boat. Any person that you have heard of that has done a great work, that person has suffered. That person has felt all alone. Leaving Egypt. You can leave Egypt, you can leave the corrupt world in your mind and never take a step. We have to learn how to decipher, take the words of God and decipher what is happening in the society and build a foundation, a strong foundation. And as we are coming together, as we're coming now, in various interfaith meetings, listening to each other, bringing about a change, the challenge is there. But are you willing to change? Some may say, well, I'm too old to change. I've been thinking this way for a long while. No need of me changing now. But if your book is talking about a change, if your book is denouncing color, it's denouncing racism, fanaticism, extremism. Then who are you to hold on to this? This is a wonderful, wonderful time. So in coming to a close, be careful of unchecked appetites, unchecked, uncontrolled appetites. These natural urges that we have within us, this natural appetite that we have, there are those children of the shaitan, children of the devil, who whisper into the ears of the righteous. Simply because you're doing a good work today in your churches, in your communities, in the society, that whisper is still waiting to try to pull you off track. How far does your love go? So again, whoever wants dominance in the land, dominance is another way of sign of corruption. Power. Someone that just wants power, that's a beast. That's a wild beast. If power leads that person to denounce others because of who they are, whether it be women, men, races, or whoever, races, or ethnic groups, that's a beast. That beast is just like a lion, a lion, waiting to catch a gazelle. And that gazelle, once they're caught, crying out, the gazelle is crying out, this vicious lion is biting into the juggler of this gazelle. And the baby gazelle is being attacked by the lion, the mother is crying. 
the society, we can look at the society as being the mother of this gazelle, crying out. But the lion is just feasting on the blood and what it wants. That lion, I could have used a wolf, could have used a tiger, a shark. But we have within us the capacity to outdo the beast, the wild beast. At one time in the history of man, basically we know that the wild beasts were basically controlling until men came together and they either tame or destroyed the beast. David and Goliath. Look how David, I'm closing my notes. Look how David, this little man as he was projected, they were about to have this great battle. And it said that during those days of old, that they would have a challenge at first. And this little man, he didn't want the shield of his king, of his ruler. So he went forth with a slingshot. You know, that's like having a, I guess you can say it's almost like having a, a little pebble against a tank. But he went with this slingshot in the way that it is told in Alice Lund says that he took five smooth stones and the first stone was represented of faith. Can you imagine again this little youngster and everybody is laughing at <laughs> a slingshot against Goliath. And in the Quranic name it is pronounced Jalut. And some of you might have heard or saw it in, in uh, cartoons and say, oh you big galoot. Missing something that is big. And I'm not saying that everything that is big in terms of corporations, that they are evil, but in terms of how many of these corporations have been formulated, it's out the sweat of the masses. The masses have to come together in a righteous manner and kill the corrupt Goliath. Now, I'm not standing before you and suggesting any type of militancy taking up arms against the government, but in terms of what we have, no matter how small you think you may be, God is bigger. The believers can never, ever be outnumbered. Never. If you but have faith. So it says that David slew Goliath, striking him in his temple. What's, what's that? My temple. My brain. My thinking. My corrupt way of thinking. And said, then he took his sword, his sword, and cut off his head. Now, here's the head and here's the sword. And what does the Bible say about the sword? Now, I hope you go and research this in your Bible. But one thing it does mention in the Bible about the sword, that it's just like the tongue. If you stick your tongue out, it looks just like a sword. And that sword can cut. We can say things to each other about each other's character, each other's loved one. Little children are bad about it, being bullies. And as we go through our early ages, going into junior high and high school, there are those who bully others, say things that's demeaning. Now, here's a big bully. And I was going to one of those big houses up there. You might know the house. Uh, I didn't say that. But we have some bullies. We have some bullies that are disrespecting the little people as they see it when you reach that level. But we praise God and we thank God that he has blessed us with insight. 
He has blessed us with the ability to drop whatever we might have in thinking that we have arrived and we honor his words and we thank God for each other. Peace be unto you. Thank you for your time.